0: What's going on? You're listening to Pick Six. Woo! We got an absolutely loaded show, folks. Jeff Wall to my left. Behind the glasses, David Crosby, as always. I'm your host, Nolan Kangas. Guys, the NFL trade deadline yesterday, we were all amped up. There was so many, you know, you had Schefter and you had uh, Albert Breer, and whoever it was was saying, this could happen. This guy could get moved. This team's looking to make a deal. And the only deal was for a keep to leave. And. I don't even think he's going to play for Miami, right? Like, I, I'm pretty sure the Dolphins just did the deal to accept the contract and get a fifth. I, like, it, it was a really bizarre trade deadline, but I think the thing, and we'll talk about the big moves, obviously, that happened, you know, kind of earlier in the week, but most discussion yesterday was about the New York Jets. I think it first came out where it said, Le'Veon Bell might get moved, and I think everyone freaked out, saying, whoa, whoa, this is are huge... You know, off-season signing, and you might want to move away from him. And then I think the big one hit, and it was even closer to two teams making a deal: Crosby's Cowboys. You know, they were in the running, and then supposedly the Baltimore Ravens were trying to get Jamal Adams, one of the best safeties in football. Jeff, you see the two notifications: Lavion Bell, Jamal Adams might get moved. Clearly, Jets in full tank mode. What were you thinking when those that news got released?
1: Why does this franchise just continually give up mm-hmm. on everything? Like you just had this—you inc- have this incredible safety, top five safety in the league, Jamal Adams—and then you just signed Le'Veon Bell. Spent all this money on a running back. He seems so happy coming into the organization mm-hmm. before the season, and now you're ready to give him up. Like a, at the first chance, you have the fir- very first trade deadline, you can trade him. You're about to trade him, and then Leonard Williams as well. And you think to yourself, like you know. You got Sam Darnold. Clearly, you're committed to the future. There was so much hype behind him. You got him, and now you've taken even more pieces away from him, and you just kind of wonder, if, it, if you're a Jets fan, like, how do, you, how do you even sleep at night at this point?
2: Well, you know, look, I know you guys are going to trash Gase. I'm waiting for oh it. Oh my but... God, don't... You know what? To be honest, though, I I don't mind him trying to trade Bell. I, I think that he didn't want him there from the start. That was pretty clear. It doesn't fit his vision of what he wants for the team, and it takes up too much salary in his mind. So I would have been happy if they traded Le'Veon Bell. As for putting Adams on the block, though, come on, man. If you're going to let mm-hmm. it get out that you're shopping him, you absolutely have to move him because you heard him talking after the trade deadline passed and he didn't get moved saying these guys lied to my face. They said I wasn't going to get traded and then they went ahead and shot me behind my back. It doesn't only affect the relationship with that specific player, but you're affecting your relationship and your perception around the league with other agents and other players. That to me was a killer.
0: Yeah, and that was the thing that was most shocking. That You know, I'm, I am I I think Jamal Adams is really talented, and Jeff hit it right, you know, the nail on the head. Uh, top five safety. I wouldn't put him at number one. I think there's, uh, you know, Kevin Byard, uh, Harrison Smith, even Derwin James, uh, but he's that good. He's clearly the best player on this team. But, but yeah, I, I don't get it. You move Leonard Williams, who was a top five pick, and now you're thinking of moving on from Jamal Adams, who's the face of your franchise, it just doesn't make sense, and, and you're right. He said, I think he said today, you don't see the Rams, sh- you know, shopping around for Aaron Don- Don- uh, Aaron Donald. You don't see the Patriots shopping around Tom Brady. That just doesn't happen. The Lavian Bell. I I see what you mean with that contract, and you know, clearly they they aren't going to make the playoffs. But how many big time free agents go to the Jets and are happy right, right away? Which Jeff mentioned, and I kind of want to get to a point. We talked, obviously, when all the fiasco happened with the Redskins, and we said they're the worst franchise in football. It might be the Jets, which is pretty crazy to say. It, but, you know, just looking over, the Jets went to back to back AFC title appearances. Um, they lost both, obviously. Since then, they're 51 and 84. And the Washington Redskins, in the same time period, are 54, 81, and 1 and have two division titles.
2: Yeah, that's fair. But I think. I think the Jets have reached higher highs. Uh, It's sad to say that Rex Ryan might have been a higher high than anything the Redskins have uh, Mm -hmm. reached in the past decade, but I do think they have been a better team. I think they deserve credit for trying. At least, I don't think Washington necessarily tries to win more seasons than not, and at least the Jets are doing something. I also think they have a better foundation. When I compare these two rosters, I would rather start with what the Jets have now. Than what Washington currently has,
0: maybe so. And I, I think that the only thing that's hurting Washington is the culture. So we, but winning wise, we just proved that the Redskins have more wins. They have been to you know two playoff appearances since the Jets the Jets last one, and you know they're currently drafting you know or consistently seems like in the top ten. And the Jets haven't gotten over that hump, right? They had the one year where Ryan Fitzpatrick went crazy with Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall, and since then. It's pretty much been a disaster. And with the Redskins, you know what? I think that eventually we'll have some pieces. Dwayne Haskins, we haven't seen much from him so far. It's been pretty ugly. I believe he's had 22 pass attempts, four interceptions, which is pretty ugly. Darius Geis can't stay healthy. You know, I really like what Scary Terry McLaurin's doing. I like their defense. They have the pieces there. But, guys, if Sam Darnold is the next face of the league and for the New York Jets, and this guy's going to be an absolute stud, for the people crapping on Baker Mayfield, you got to look in the mirror because your quarterback isn't much better. And, and, and you know, to lay it straight, uh, you know, I wanted to take a poll. I've been seeing too much hate on Twitter and, and just, oh, Baker this, Baker that. Oh, Donald oh, my God. Donald's best play from this season was a 92-yard touchdown where it was a missed coverage by the Dallas Cowboys. Nothing magical. It, obviously, his receiver gets wide open. You can't miss that throw. And so, after doing a little research, I kind of put out a a little silent poll. I said, who is a better player? Player A, player B. Player A, 258 yards per game, 62% completion, 7.6 yards per attempt, 34 touchdowns, 26 picks, 8-12 and record. Player B, 216 yards per game, worse. 59% completion, worse. 6.7 yards per attempt, worse. 23 touchdowns, worse. 23 picks, worse. 5-12 and records, worse. 19 people voted on it. All 19 said player A. Player A is Baker Mayfield. Player B is Sam Darnold. So shut up saying that Sam Darnold is better. And I just, it just drives me nuts. And maybe it's just because I feel for Baker Mayfield, a small guy. You know, all of us are pretty short guys, and we kind of have a little bit of respect for those guys who can man up and dominate a little bit in this league. And he dominated in that rookie year. Sam Darnold has been the glory of God forever. A five star recruit goes to USC. He's carrying the Trojan sword and, you know, that huge Rose Bowl victory. Oh, he's supposed to go number one. No, it was actually the guy who wasn't recruited, was a transfer, walked on, won the job, won the Heisman, and he went number one overall and almost won Rookie of the Year if it wasn't for Saquon Barkley. Why is it now, maybe it's Baker Mayfield's attitude, and again, today he was in the news after a reporter did ask him a stupid question. And I get why Baker's frustrated. Your team's two and five, you're underperforming, he's underperforming, and a reporter asks, were you happy with that drive? And then Baker says, "Happy with the drive? We didn't score. That's a stupid question." And he walked away. So I maybe you shouldn't be doing that at such a young age. But are, are, what are people going to say when Sam Donald? Are you happy with that drive? No, no, not necessarily happy with the drive. Usually we would like to score. But as a team, football is about you know teamwork and the happiness that you put together with your, with your family. And it's always it always ends up being Colin Coward and that he's always on Baker's back, and it just it. Upsets me so much for this kid who's put his blood, sweat, and tears in for the team and for the game, and when he's been doubted his whole entire life. And oh, still, Sam Darnold, he's better, even though his team's absolute crap and he hasn't done anything to help them.
2: Yeah, I, I would much rather have Baker Mayfield than Sam Darnold, but I think it is closer. Uh, than maybe those statistics put it. Baker has mm-hmm. definitely this season had more offensive talent around him and probably last season as well, even before he got Odell Beckham Jr. So I think these two quarterbacks are both pretty close. They're both mistake prone. Yeah. I think uh, Baker has a little bit more ability to make a big play happen when things break down. And I think to me, that's the big difference between these two guys. But yeah, I hear you. Like, we we always say we want young quarterbacks, you know, where are these young quarterbacks? Why don't we replace guys like Joe Flacco and guys like that who we can't even understand why they're in the league? Well, this is why teams don't replace players like Joe Flacco, because if a young quarterback comes out and he struggles for his first season, he's basically written off. Everybody tells you he's trash. He was a wasted draft pick. Everybody just lists the number of players that were drafted after you took that quarterback. Look at Mitch Trubitsky, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's basically written off. He has zero trade value around the league right now. Dwayne Haskins, exact same boat. But look at Jared Goff when he was in LA. He had a terrible season. And honestly, I think zero teams would have taken a chance on him. He was probably similar to the way that teams look like at Josh Rosen right now. It really matters the system around these quarterbacks, the kind of protection they have, where the Jets are concerned. I, what I would like to see is they went for defensive line play in the last half decade. That's how they built their team. They wanted to, I don't know if they're trying to be the Eagles. I'm not sure what exactly. It didn't work. Whatever whatever they were aiming for, it definitely didn't work. All of their defensive prospects, aside from the guy they just tried to trade, Adams, have pretty much washed out. I want them to go uh, and, and focus on that offensive line and at least give Sam Darnold a chance. That's it.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think I think that's what you can look to too is like um if you look, if you're looking at the the Jets and everything, like they really don't have a lot of talent. If you look at the the Browns, I would say like if you're looking at last year, I know like you know TJ Ward mm-hmm. hasn't had the best year, but I think I would rather have TJ Ward than almost any other other corner on the Jets roster. And then even um, you know Jamal Adams, obviously, I think you, it's pretty hard to take him over anybody. But then you got Miles Garrett over there as well, who's just been phenomenal. And and then he was drafted obviously the year prior, right? So this the stage was kind of set for Baker at least to not struggle as much as Donald. Whereas John, I look at his team. I think like, man, you really don't have anything like he mm. doesn't even ha- like I would take Jarvis Landry or Njoku over any potential receiving target that Darnold has. I do think that Baker is better. I think you've seen clearly yeah. that he's better. He can produce more even with less at times. But I think I think I would like to see Darnold have a little bit more talent. But I, I wouldn't I, I'm not ready to write him off. Quarterback's a tough yeah. position. And that's fine. I, I can agree. If your best receivers are Robbie Anderson and Jameson Crowder, that's not saying
0: much. I just hate the ridicule on these young guys, and they just get bashed over and over again. Peyton Manning, his first year, he had more interceptions than touchdowns. He led the league in interceptions, and ends up being one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. So it's just, I it's, it gets so ridiculed. It's the same thing. And I, I, obviously, I don't want to you know go to a different sport, basketball. You look at you know obviously my boy Ben Simmons. He can't shoot. He's an all star no matter what you can hear when i'm watching games you hear people in the stands coward shoot coward shoot he's an all-star they're they're winning they're undefeated right now it just with these young guys they're going to get better it just fans it keep bashing him. it makes no sense to me
1: man and, and even look at like lamar jackson like he obviously mm. he took a more positive leap but you know they all they all have different progressions right they all learn the game differently and, and you know obviously Sam Darnold also had struggles early on with with you know mono so he's out he couldn't get as many yep. reps as well he probably wasn't even healthy going into the first game of the season against the bills and you just look at, at other quarterbacks around the league like was drew Brees fantastic right away no even tom brady wasn't that good mm-hmm. his first couple of years he was more or less a game manager like a a somewhat clutch yeah. game manager but he wasn't lighting the world on fire either right so you got to look at they they all pro- progress differently i think you could even see someone like i mean i hope mitch Trubisky <laughs> potentially progress yeah. in maybe his final year that does happen sometimes right at the 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 end of their, their rookie deal they tend to like you know you know become one of those top passers in the league and mm-hmm. even but then also you got the other contrast where you look at a guy like Blake Bortles his second year, he was insanely good. He was playing out of he his was. mind. And then, you know, he didn't really do much. And he, and he stunk up the league.
0: And I think, you know, before we move on, let's stop bashing the young quarterbacks. Donald's going to be pretty good, even though I'm not insanely high on him. Baker's going to be good. It's their second year. Let it grow a bit. This is going to be, you know, the race. Oh, who's better? Who's better for, like, the Sidney Crosby-Alex Ovechkin situation for their whole career. Right? The Manning and the Brady. So let's just... Let it ride. Let's enjoy it a little bit instead of crapping on these quarterbacks every single time.
2: Yeah, well, going off on another sport, it's like Trey Young and Luka Doncic, right? They were traded for each other, but people were so quick to crap all over Trey Young last year, and then he comes out this season and everybody's like, oh my God, he is Steph Curry. He's going to average 30-plus points a (laughs) game. Like come on guys, you got to meet somewhere in the middle and let these guys get a chance to acclimate to the league and have some talents around it.
1: Or, or even just like, let them be themselves. Like, I don't know why we have to dumb ourselves down to making comparisons to other guys. So it's always, oh, he's the next, he's the next Jerry Rice. He's the next Joe Montana. They're their own guy. Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. plays like Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold plays like Sam Darnold. He doesn't play like anybody else.
0: Guys, Let's move on. Obviously, before we uh, get a little too heated about young quarterbacks, let's talk about teams that are actually going to be, uh, you know, making a run at a playoff or just getting adding some more young talent. So, obviously, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I thought this was a probably the biggest move, other than the Jalen Ramsey and Marcus Peters. You know, obviously, a really talented receiver. He had those, uh, you know, really great years in Denver, but he goes uh, along with a fifth round pick to San Francisco for a third and a fourth. I'll get it started. I I like it. Uh, I'd give it probably a B plus, and I, I it could might, might even be an A minus. And the reason for that is, hey, you're living in uh, San Fran. That's not too bad. Uh, I I think they need that clear cut number one guy. They didn't really have it. I think they expected Dante Pettis to step up. We've talked about that time and time again. How he hasn't. Debo Samuel's a nice piece. Marquise Goodwin's a nice piece. If Marquise Goodwin is your number two, that's pretty solid. And I, I do really like this for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jeff has his doubts with him. I do a little bit as well. But for your offense, you're you're running the ball really damn well right now. To get another piece like that and not giving up too many, you know, a third and a fourth isn't bad, especially when you've been drafting in the top five, which seems like forever now. Oh, David, do you have a similar grade?
2: You know, uh, my original take on this deal was probably B, B minus, but after seeing the Niners play last week Mm. and putting up over 50 points against Carolina, which we've been praising Carolina's defense already this season, that just goes to show you when you have another target in the passing game other than George Kittle, which I mentioned last week, it just opens up the whole rest of your offense and they can still run the ball just as much. The only thing is they're going to be more successful at it. I think this is a solid A for Denver or for excuse me not Denver (laughs) San Francisco
1: yeah, I, I like it for San Francisco. I think you need a, a, a guy that's dependable, reliable. and I think you'll be able to see a little bit more confidence out of Jimmy G. I think that is kind. Of, I think when you look at, when I look at Jimmy G, I just see a guy who's not 100 percent as confident as that guy who took the Niners, you know, five and zero in his first couple games with them. I, I think you need to give him a veteran wide receiver, a guy who's clearly, I think, got an amazing work ethic too, and and has had a lot of longevity in this league. I think you need that kind of guy that your quarterback can trust. Because like, when you look at any quarterback, even if you don't have the best receiver they always just need someone they can rely on that they can throw it to and they think you know he's probably going to get this ball
0: now a receiver has been pretty reliable for uh, throughout his whole entire career obviously Mohamed Sanu had uh, quite a few good years in Atlanta he goes to New England for a second round pick what do you think of that Jeff
1: I mean, if you're the Patriots, you're pretty much always competing for a Super Bowl, right? Mm. You know, that second rounder is a third rounder. The first rounder is obviously a second rounder. So I don't totally mind it. I think Sanu is a nice, he's a different kind of change of pace, kind of almost receiver in the sense that he can kind of body corners out. And you know, I think you need those guys because they always tend to go for so many small guys. And I feel like Tom Brady can never feel super confident about throwing to a guy to catch a ball in traffic. And I think Sanu kind of fills that role really nicely.
2: I think both teams deserve an A on this one. Credit to Atlanta. This might have been the first good thing they did all season, which is trading somebody in an absolutely lost year. Mm. And for New England, I mean, we saw it. Josh Gordon obviously getting released. They needed another receiver. Tom Brady specifically asked them to go out and get Muhammad Sanu. I don't think they had any choice but to go and pay for him. So good deal both ways.
0: Now, to me, I actually put it down as a, a C+. Plus. And, I, and the reason for that is... Is it's bizarre on New England's, you know, side giving a second rounder. You know that's going to be at the end of the second round, and they kind of rarely hit on their picks, to be honest. But now that they've almost changed the market, he was not worth a second rounder. He was probably worth a fourth. And to make sure that other teams who were asking for an AJ Green, who were asking for you know, even uh, other receivers, oh, you're gonna to have to pay more for a second rounder to get adrian green and the reason for this is muhammad sanu he's you know do six and a half million next year i don't think the patriots who uh are are gonna give him that and and that's why i kind of feel for him that he's gonna have to go into the open market again for atlanta hey you got a second rounder right and this is for a team that's rebuilding that's not bad at all i just think on the new england side how much can he help moving forward when clearly Edelman's the number one guy, Dorsett has really stepped up as a number two. And now you're midway through the season and you're going to have to pick up a really complicated playbook. We'll see how it works for Mohamed Sanu. I can't see him being back on the Patriots next year. Hey, hey, if it leads to a Super Bowl, so be it. But that's why I wasn't too keen on the deal. One deal I was really high on, Kenyon Drake, love the deal. Absolutely love it. Kenyon Drake to Arizona for a six, which can turn into a fifth, And uh, just some numbers to back it up, guys. He's almost had a lost career here in Miami. They never really give him a fair shot. And pro football focus, sometimes their stats uh, just drive me nuts because some of them make no sense whatsoever. But yards after contact per attempt since 2016. So obviously, you know, he gets hit. And then how how far is he getting after the first hit? He was fourth in the NFL since 2016. This is a guy who hasn't really been given a shot, right? And I think in that offense with Cliff Kingsbury... They can do a lot of things. He's going to be running the ball. You have David Johnson, who's going to be running the ball. Kyler Murray can run the ball. And they can all, like, obviously, Johnson is just as good recently as a pass catcher than he is a runner. Kenan Drake's in the same boat. He caught a lot of passes there at Alabama, and he sort of got turned into a running back when it came to the NFL. I really like the deal for Arizona, especially for a young guy as well.
2: This deal's a meh for me, to be honest. Mm. I mean, last week— I I was saying I really wanted Kenya Drake to get moved. I'm happy he did. It was a no-brainer for Miami. They just need to get whatever assets they possibly can for players that aren't inside their core. But why Arizona? Like I understand David Johnson was injured. They're not going to make the playoffs. They've been pretty surprising so far this year. I understand the mentality of an organization wanting to say we're committed to winning and showing the team that. But I would like to see them go the other way. Maybe trade Peterson... Um, off of the defensive side of the ball instead okay. rather than trading for Drake. And if you want to go out and offer him a contract in the offseason, that's great because they're going to get no compensatory pick for this, right? Like Arizona is going to be shopping in free agency next year. There's no way they get any value back from this. And if you're not going to the playoffs this year, I don't like it.
0: I, I See, the thing with this deal that I, I like is he hasn't really produced to his draft value. I believe he was a third rounder. How much are they going to have to pay him? Not a lot. Right. He's a young guy. He turns 26 in January. Moving forward. It's not like they made a trade for AJ Green where you have an aging, you know, injury-prone wide receiver for a team that's not making the postseason. I think they're doing it for the future. And I don't mind it at all. Right. It's not like, you know, you're making a trade and giving a, you know, a fifth round pick to the best team who's just going to load up and grab another pick eventually. You give it to Miami. Right? It's almost just like giving it to Salvation Army. Miami needs it.
1: Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. I I don't think it's like the most incredible trade, but I think it fills a lot of things for both teams. Like obviously, Miami is in more need of a rebuild than uh, Arizona is incredibly at the moment. But you know, uh, uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, the the fact that he's just running around for his life mm. back there, you need as many guys to run the ball, take a little bit of pressure with him as possible, a little bit a, few, a little few hits off of him, and then the same thing with David Johnson. We've seen how injury prone he is and how much their offense relies on him. And I've also kind of like Kenyon Drake as he as he's come out. You know, you would hear the odd week like Kenyon Drake just lit it up, and and I thought like, oh, well, where, where's he been? Like, what's going on? And 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 you always wonder like, why isn't he, why hasn't he been relied on as as that go to back? And they and they never did. But I think like what like what you said they can use them in so many different ways they can you know like like i said take more pressure off their, their two main guys yeah. on offense. Now, I think it's a really good trade and like you said too, you know, he's 26, but he's not like an old 26-year-old running back in that sense. He hasn't had that many that, that many miles on him compared to someone like David Johnson who's got a lot yeah. of miles on him at this point. And also the fact that they probably won't have to pay him that much as well. And if and if they did want to ship him off, they can. And I think it's just it's an overall it's a it's a good move for the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Yeah, and obviously Kenyon Drake he'll be starting on Thursday night against the 49ers as there without David Johnson, and now Chase Edmonds, who had that uh, career day against uh, New York, I believe. But I, I wonder where Arizona goes, just quickly, where they go with David Johnson. He's making a ton of money. What's that contract? Is he getting nine?
2: I think I think he it makes might be in no- excess of 12.
0: I'm going to look it up for you. I'll, I'll look it Thanks, up Thanks, David, if you could. But that's the thing. He's making that much money. He hasn't really produced since his 2015 was the year. Maybe it was 2016 when he was an All-Pro and almost had 1000 and and 1000 right if you're starting running back a lot of people like you know are paying the running backs now i i do like it if it's for the right guy but if you are going to basically underpay Kenyon Drake and he hasn't really been given that shot. I'd like to see him as a full-time starter, getting nearly every single carry moving I, forward.
2: I undershot it. David Johnson is going absolutely nowhere this year. He's just under ten million dollar cap hit. Next year, fourteen point two five. And if they cut him, it costs them sixteen Wow. So there's no way they could cut him. Only three mil dead cap in the last year, but still a twelve million dollar yeah, cap hit. Wild. So yeah, they're on they're on the hook for at least. 19 million dollars over the next two years well we'll
0: see what happens if uh, david johnson gets injured again at least you have a pretty capable backup uh guys let's move on to the one last trade that did happen i was really shocked by this because first of all it was two new york teams trading uh but it was leonard williams former top five pick going to the giants for a third and a fifth That was a pretty bizarre one. David, do you like that move?
2: Love it for the Mm. Jets. I think that's incredible value for Williams. Like I said, he's one of those defensive players that they had a lot of hope for uh, that never really panned out for some reason, even though he does get a few pressures, he never is able to get to the quarterback and actually get the sack on the play, which isn't the be all end all when you're on defense, but if you're not getting knockdowns either, that's a huge problem. I don't understand what the hell the giants are doing here. Like, Maybe trading a, a fourth and a sixth, I think, would have been a little bit bo- more fair. But trading your third round pick—that's a lot.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it was. Uh, it was interesting to me. I would have given it like a B. Uh, obviously, the Jets—you want to get as many picks as you can for the Giants. That was weird because we know they're not going to make the playoffs. I think they must really like him a lot. Of course, they gave up on Snacks Harrison. They drafted Dexter Lawrence in the first round. Obviously, you know, a, a Clemson guy. Uh, who's really talented, but maybe they're going to pair Williams and him. Leonard Williams, like you mentioned, not a sack guy. And I think a lot of people kind of look at that the wrong way. He's a really good run stopper. And I think that's what New York had in Snacks Harrison, right? If you look at most run stops amongst uh, interior defensive linemen since 2016, third in the NFL since 2016, most tackles for loss amongst those interior defensive linemen, Third since 2016, so he's a really good run stopper. He doesn't get after the quarterback. So, if the you know the Giants can pair him, Dexter Lawrence, and get that pass rusher, hey man, if they
1: go and get Chase Young, oh, this D line would be a dream. Did you like it, Jeff? See, like when you look at both divisions, I think you definitely want to stop the run more in the uh, in the NFC East Mm. versus the AFC. The AFC, you really you want to stop, you want to you know you want to knock down Tom Brady. So I think for actually for both teams. You know, I give I give the Jets uh, a, a B, and I give the Giants uh, a C plus, just because they gave away a little bit too much for. Me. Okay, I, I I hold more value in pass rushers, regardless, just because I think you got to be able to pressure the quarterback. But I do like the fact that you know now maybe Ezekiel won't be running all over you with those with that incredible offensive line as well. So C plus, not not terrible, but not great.
0: Guys, I like all the uh, decisions there, but now we're going to get to the best part of the show. And no, it's not studs, studs, and sleepers. We'll get to that eventually. But midseason awards. We've gone through eight weeks, which is crazy to say. That it has just absolutely flown by. Bradshaw Furlong, not with us today, but he told me his picks, which I'll uh, give to you guys in a second as well. But... Uh, David, you can get us started. Give me the coach of the year for you so far. This was one
2: of the toughest categories Mm. for me to pick, but it has to be Bill Belichick. I mean, when you have the best defense in modern history in the NFL right now, obviously they had some turnover on the offensive side of the ball big time this season as well. He's managed to make it work. I think this is the year Bill Belichick needs to finally get his due for awards. Not that he cares.
0: Bill Belichick. How many coaches of the year has he won? Because I actually don't because usually they give it to the guy who kind of you know overachieves. So uh, Dave, you may have to look that up for me, Mr. Producer Man. Uh Jeff, who's
1: coach of the year for you? See, I I I gotta give it to Kyle Shanahan because nice. he has really turned this team like, you know, I, I I'll admit, like, I, I did not believe in them mm-hmm. at all. But they when I look at them, and if I if I'm pretty much nearly any other team but the New England Patriots, that, t- that 49ers team scares me to death. And, like, look at, look at the, the, the pass defense that, that these guys, you know, like they, these guys have come up with, you know, the yeah. pressures from the defensive line. And, like, they've had coaches in there before. They've, they've had people, you know, they, they've drafted all these defensive linemen, and it hasn't really come off. Even Richard Sherman getting him, getting him a year ago, it didn't really come off. But now everything's suddenly coming together. So I really have to give it to him. He, 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 he's gotten the most out of the talent that we knew was there, and not everybody can do that.
0: Love the Shanahan pick, uh, David. Just let us know. Uh, Bill Belichick has won three Coach of the Year awards. Uh, Bradshaw, he picked Frank Reich in Indianapolis, which is a really good pick as well. Obviously, what he had to deal with with Andrew Luck retiring, and you know they've looked really good so far. I actually uh, had Kyle Shanahan as well. Just being seven and zero, he finally has his healthy quarterback, and the thing that offense is absolutely crazy. And everyone talks about, oh, they want the, you know, they want the new Sean McVay. They want this Sean McVay. Kyle Shanahan was the Sean McVay before Sean McVay. Right. He, what he did in Atlanta was unreal. And I think we thought, oh, this guy's going to change Jimmy Garoppolo. No, he changes the running game. The looks they do is absolutely unbelievable. They have the sixth best offense in yards per game, uh, third by points per game. This is all while having the ninth worst passing attack in football and their defense has been unbelievable. I think he is a clear front runner. Obviously Bill Bouch, like, hey, if they go 16 and 0, he might uh, grab his fourth award there. Uh but yeah, I think all really good picks guys. Frank Reich obviously is another one. I, I can't really think of of, of another coach where
1: Maybe Matt, like, uh, honestly, did, I would say Matt Lafleur has actually done a pretty good it. job. To be honest with you, like in a in a, in a division that is pretty competitive, yeah. he's he's done a really good job. And that team was not looking good a couple mm-hmm. years ago. O- overall, I mean, Aaron Rodgers too, still looking good, but like. You know he wasn't looking that good the the, the last couple of years, so I think overall he's he's really done a great job with this team.
0: Yeah, I mean especially dealing with you know, a guy like Aaron Rodgers who can be a little hard on his coaches, Matt Lafleur would be a a pretty good choice as well. But guys, I'll get a start on defensive rookie of the year. This might be a clean sweep, but. I had Nick Bosa, uh, again, we're talking 49ers, he's been unbelievable, I tried to go another way, and I really did, I wanted to go, with Devin Bush in Pittsburgh, who had a really great year, but Nick Bosa, 7 sacks, which is tied for 7th, 11 tackles for, lo- uh, for loss, which is tied for the league lead, a pick, a fu- forced fumble, a fumble recovery, I, I he might get some you know, defensive player of the year nominations, uh, or votes, sorry, but... It's crazy with guys like Richard Sherman and, you know, Quan Alexander, you've already had DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead and Solomon Thomas. In his first year, he's already the face of this defense, which is crazy to say.
2: That's exactly what I was going to say. It's Nick Bosa for me running away. And when you're leading the second best defense, which in literally any other season, but this year would be the best defense in the league. This is no shade at Miles Garrett, but Nick Bosa has been everything that I thought Miles Garrett mm. was going to be for Cleveland. Not only is he super productive and you know, really eclipsing what we thought he would be capable of in his rookie year, he's taken leadership, like you said, of this defense, and he's leading one of the best in the league. Man, all props to Nick Bosa. He's incredible.
1: I feel like there isn't a single game that Nick Bosa hasn't shown up in. Mm-hmm. I literally cannot think of one where he hasn't at least been disruptive. Yeah, like it, it, honestly, and to be honest, he's better than his bigger brother. He's better. He just he just is. I think I mean, at least at least based on yeah. this season, if, if this is the guy that we're getting for the next you know twelve plus years of it, of his prime kind of thing, like he's one hundred percent better than his brother. He's so explosive. I just feel like. He's he's terrifying to play against. And he gets guys on the ground so quick. There's no resistance. Like there's no like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger just hanging on, like standing tall in the pocket. No, he's gonna crush you every single time he tackles you. I,
0: I think he's smarter than both of the guys you mentioned. Obviously, his brother Joey and Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett gets a lot of penalties for whether he's grabbing a face mask or a late hit. He's just really smart. You saw the play where a uh you know, tried to chop block him down low, and he avoided it. And didn't sprint after the quarterback right away. He waited for what Kyle Allen was going to do. And whoop. Jumps up. He gets a pick. He's going the other way. He's really smart. Uh, this was a clean sweep, guys, as well. Uh, Bradshaw, he had Nick Bosa as well. But, uh, Jeff, you can get me started with your offensive rookie of the year. So this one was a bit tough for Maybe me because I,
1: I, I think, you know, especially um, with with rookies, um, you got to look at a guy who's kind of carrying the load for for their team. And I was torn between, between Murray and my pick, which is Josh Jacobs. Nice. Five yards per carry. And I think on this Oakland Raiders team that I don't think anybody really had mm. any, like, hopes for – that's incredible he's really he's really doing a lot for this team i hope he has a long productive career i hope they don't run him into the ground because he looks solid. i and i personally i thought he was just you know standard downhill running back you know just he's just gonna use his, his speed and his size to kind of run over guys but he's he's a lot more than that i i, I was really impressed with him
0: yeah i like him moving forward for oakland that was a great pick
2: yeah, I had Josh Jacobs just outside of uh, my first pick overall, but for me, it's got to be Gardner Minshew. This is the story of the season so far for me. He has totally made Jags fans forget about that crushing feeling they had watching Nick Foles crumple and break his collarbone. That was, you know, this is absolutely unexpected. Minshew, by far for me, Everybody slags on Leonard Fournette, and he's been having a decent season so far this year. Obviously, he's turned Chark into a bonafide star already in his second league, uh, second season in the league. Man, Minshew mania, uh, I'm caught up, boys.
0: Chark leading the AFC in receiving yards, Fournette leading the AFC in rushing yards. I'm one of those guys who doesn't believe in Fournette, and he's pr- kind of proving me wrong this year. Love the pick, David. Uh, Bradshaw, he had Josh Jacobs as well. For me, I had Terry McLaurin. Uh, the receiver in Washington, wow, they have been really bad. But he has been really, really good. Uh, 28 catches. Uh, basically, every receiving numbers, he leads amongst rookies. So you can just say, uh, as a receiver, he's been the best rookie. Better than DK Metcalf, who's having a pretty good year as well in Seattle. 28 catches on the air. That's more than Adam Thielen, more than Brandon Cooks. 458 yards. That's more than Juju Smith-Schuster, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Ridley, Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen. Five touchdowns. That's tied for second in the NFL. 65 yards per game. That's better than T.Y. Hilton. That's better than Tyreek Hill. That's better than Robert Woods. The list goes on and on. This guy's been really, really talented. Guys, my uh, <laughs> my second and third choices were Josh Jacobs and Gardner Minshew. So that kind of says that we're all thinking the same thing. I just think for how bad they've been, if he wasn't producing for them, they, oh, they might be uh, winless. Yeah, there they'd might-
2: be a toilet team down with the uh, Miamis of the league for sure.
0: Yeah, all righty, guys. So let's move on. Defensive player of the year. This one is always a tough one because usually it kind of ends up, kind of gets favored to pass rushers because they're putting up a lot of sack numbers. But I'll get us started. I It is isn't, for me, it wasn't a pass rusher. And it was actually a corner. And Bradshaw had the exact same pick too. Of course, him being a Patriots guy. Stephon Gilmore, that's my defensive player of the year. He's the leader of the best defense in football and probably the best defense we've seen in the last 30 years, right? This team's unreal um i i I just think he's been the the best corner of the last two years he has three interceptions he's also taken one back to the house man in seven games there's been 38 targets he's been targeted 38 times he's allowed 13 receptions which is 34 percent completion rate 156 yards zero touchdowns allowed he has those three picks he has a pick six eight pass breakups there's a 14.8 passer rating allowed when they're targeting Stephon Gilmore. I think he's the face of this defense. I could have gone Devin McCourty. You know, I could have gone someone like Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa. I can't even think of a linebacker right now who would even be capable of winning this award. I think he, for being the best player on the best defense, I got to give it to Stephon Gilmore.
2: Uh, you know what make it three because i had stefan hey. Gilmore too. and actually uh you talk about backers i consider jamie collins i don't think he's been what stefan gilmore has been but mm-hmm. if you project forward he's also important to that defense but yeah stefan gilmore man that would be great if we finally had a defensive player of the year that didn't need to get 17 plus sacks to win it
0: and he would be the first
1: corner to win the award since charles woodson was playing a bit of the corner for the packers who was your pick jeff Yeah, I was actually thinking of those two uh, leading it for the Patriots, but I just the strength of the schedule to me has thrown me off a bit. Um, So I'm going to go a little bit off board. I'm going with Shaquille Barrett. So Mm. he's leading. He's tied for the lead uh, uh, in in sacks with 10 sacks so far. He also has four forced fumbles, though, which is what I really like. He's turning the ball over. He's the only pass rusher on on Tampa. So he's the only playmaker ultimately. The, The pass defense just generally is tough, but... You know, like, Gilmore, though, is incredible. He's 100% the best corner in football. I think McCourty is probably the best safety.
2: Or, yeah. uh, I, I really like your pick Jeff and I was gonna say is this not the season of the peanut punch like aren't you so happy <laughs> to see all these forced fumbles around the league man you know the NA or the NFL always tries to uh change the rules to limit defensive players obviously it really hurts the no leading with the helmet tackling uh there's a lot of low hits hitting the quarterback but guys adapt and I love seeing defensive players who are gonna go mm-hmm. out and punch that football out man that is an underrated skill for
1: sure I absolutely love when I say that like I, and you. Know, I'm so happy for defensive players finally realizing that that's the thing that they can do. Just go for the ball. Just always go for the ball because it's not—it's not exactly an easy ball to hold on to. If you get a good contact, like look at look, Charles Tillman, he's the—he's ex, the expert at it. Yeah. He, he proved it over his career that you can, as long as you just aim for the ball, you know, the, you can—you can get it. You just gotta get a good punch in there, or if it's a quarterback, you know, just whack their arm down.
0: Yeah, I love this Shaquille pick. Obviously, um, if it wasn't for Jameis Winston's turnovers, the uh, Buccaneers might be. Uh, Actually, over 500, but just to touch on Stephon Gilmore and how good he's been. Jalen Ramsey, he has allowed 65 receiving yards in coverage in three of his last four games. Stephon Gilmore has allowed 65 receiving yards in three of his last 30 games. That's including the playoffs. That's how unbelievable he's been. Clearly the number one corner in football. But uh, let's go, Jeff. You can get me
1: started. Offensive player of the year. Who is it for you? So offensive player of the year, I think it has to be Christian McCaffrey because okay. he's just carrying the load for them he's do- and he's doing it all. Like I just, I just think when I look at that guy, he looks like, you know, he, he's in that MVP conversation for sure. He has to be in nearly everybody's right. And, and, you know, again, I always go back to like, look at the talent around him. Look at how he's picking up their team. Like where would Carolina be without him? Where would Kyle Allen be without him? Yeah. No disrespect to Kyle Allen, but like, you know, you got it. You, you better take Christian McCaffrey out for a nice dinner when the season's all said and done. Yeah, I love the CMC pick. David, who do you have?
2: Yeah, I I like CMC too. But for me, I was trying to be realistic with this pick. It's good to be a quarterback. We've had some great quarterback performances already this year. So to me, it boiled down to two guys. Aaron Rodgers, 290 yards per game, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. Or Russell Wilson, 17 touchdowns, one interception. I think Green Bay has had a slightly harder schedule than Seattle, and I think the uh, the recent hard loss that Seattle took maybe hurts Russell's chances a little bit more. I think I'm going with Aaron Rodgers here.
0: God, of course you got to take Aaron Rodgers and just make us upset. Hey, I, for me, I'm not huge on quarterbacks winning offensive player year. I hate when they do it because obviously they obviously get get considered for MVP, so it should be somebody else. But. For me, uh, if there was a quarterback who was going to win the award, it would have been Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson, just because what they can do on the ground as well. But I was a little bit biased here. Sorry, guys. Offensive player, Year, I picked Alvin Cook. Uh, Cook's first in yards, first in touchdowns, first in yards from scrimmage. 5.5 yards per carry, second amongst running backs of more than 100 carries. He has the second most catches on the Vikings, which is, which is pretty wild. He's on pace for 2,232 yards from scrimmage. That would be 17th best all-time in the most since your boy DeMarco Murray put up uh, quite a... a Phenomenal year in 2014. Uh, 11 yards after the catch. That's best in the league. He's also on pace for 18 rushing touchdowns, which has uh, been done a few times over the past decade. But if he can get 19, that would be the most since LT's MVP year um, way back in the day. But I don't know, guys. He's just been absolutely so, probably one of the most fun players to watch. CMC is a great pick. I love CMC too. But I just think the way Dalvin Cook has carried this offense, not necessarily the last four weeks because Kirk's played you know quite well. But if you look at that Green Bay game where Kirk was awful, it, man, if it wasn't for Dalvin Cook, that was a blowout. And I just think he's been that good this year. If he can stay healthy for the consistency of his career, he's going to be, uh, I was going to say the best running back in Vikings history, but I can't do that. Probably the second best, but that's how good he has been. He's definitely already a better pass catcher than AP, though. But guys, love all the picks. But we got to talk a little bit, got to get a bit sad here, a little bit mean. Miss or, or, sorry, uh, most disappointing player. Before we get to that, uh, offensive player of the year, I believe Bradshaw had uh, CMC as well. So there's two votes for Christian McCaffrey for good reason, right? He, like If there's one guy who's going to put up a 1,000 a 1,000, it's probably going to be him. But, guys, miss dis- uh, most disappointing player. I can get us started here. I didn't pick a quarterback. And uh, Bradshaw, he did pick Cleveland's quarterback in Baker Mayfield, which is you know, maybe it's harsh. Like, a lot of people actually picked him to be MVP this year. I picked his buddy, Odell Beckham Jr. I think Odell has been dismal, to uh, put it lightly. He's 23rd in yards. He has one touchdown, 36th in receptions. This is his lowest yards per game and receptions per game of his career. And we thought he was going to save Cleveland. He was better in New York, which is hard to believe. Whether it's Freddie Kitchens or Baker zipping it too hard, we don't even know, man. He has been really bad. He has four drops. That's time for 11th in the NFL. For a guy in... You know, when, it, when it's pregame, he's doing the one-handed catches. He's going, oh, how does he catch this? How does he catch that? How about you catch the ball like a normal person in the game? Because he had a couple drops in that New England game, which hurt them. We remember the one on third down where Baker put it perfectly back shoulder and whoop, right through the hands. I think he has been the most disappointing player. There's, you know, there's a couple other options. I'm thinking Joe Mixon. Baker could have been up there just because I thought he was going to have a breakout year. But, yeah, I, it's tough to see. I love Odell, but it's been bad.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely second that. I don't think you can say that there's anybody that's been more disappointing than, you know, we always thought, like, man, what would happen if Odell Beckham was on a great offense? Yeah. It's funny. I saw this thing on Instagram the other day about, like, man, wouldn't you love to see these guys on a contender? We thought the Browns were going to be a contender because of Odell Beckham, because of all the talent that the Browns have, and he's done nothing. He's had literally two games over 90 yards. Two <sighs> games. like He's got, like, three games under t- under thirty yards, he he's he's not reliable. He's not a reliable target. He's caught one touchdown. They're trying to put the ball in his hands too. It's not like he hasn't gotten yeah. opportunities. He's thrown the ball for God's sake, and he just can't get anything done. And I honestly think you could point to a lot of Baker's struggles. Is is, is you got to look at Odell Beckham Jr. You got to look at him because he's just been the guy that they thought they could go to, and they can't.
0: In touching on that, uh, when we were on uh, in the studio last week, I said. He will not get 50 yards against the Patriots. And if it wasn't for that last drive where it was in garbage time, I believe he had a 31-yard catch and run, I would have won the bet. But David said he would get more than 50. He had 52 yards in the game. So... Either way, he was pretty much locked down the whole entire game.
2: Well, that's why I had to leave him off of my most disappointing player of the year list because he made me $10 last week, right? So, you know, good for you. At least you contributed something this year, Odell, but uh, you know what? I had another wide receiver who deserves honorable mention before I give my pick, and that's Robert Woods for the LA Rams. Man, he has been so... He has taken a huge step back already this season, and I I thought he was going to be a lot better, but my pick you know you did kind of steal it from me but we talked on this guy last week too why don't why don't we talk about Devontae Freeman he he's been super super disappointing this year I mean obviously that offense as a whole and that team as a whole has been terrible uh I wish he got moved to the Lions. Did you hear that? I saw that, yeah. The Lions were close to dealing for him. I think that would have been a really good, smart move for Atlanta to make. Too bad they didn't get it done. And looks like Detroit's going with that horrible four-man committee that they uh, featured this past week. I would just like to mention, though, whenever I get a chance, uh, you know, to insult an Eagles player, how about Carson Wentz? He's got to be up there and one of the most disappointing players this year. He has not been good.
0: I, I think, that and I was kind of shocked that Jeff didn't say it. there could have been a lot of picks. Mitchell Trubisky, obviously, what he's done this year, but uh, weren't
2: expectations just like garbage for Trub? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, no,
1: I, I genuinely had no expectations. I, I'm I was pretty confident going into the season that the Bears. Would probably be somewhere between ten and six, and six and ten, so yeah. somewhere somewhere in there. I I, I just you had to know that they would regress a little bit.
0: It, he was actually the most bet on uh, player to win MVP, just because the odds were you know so low for him, and everyone thought, oh, they're gonna you know Super Bowl contender.
2: Hey, at one time Johnny Manziel had the highest selling jersey in the NFL too. Man, <laughs> fans are crazy.
0: But uh, I don't know. This was a really tough one to decide. I, I think just because of maybe Odell's name, it was a lot of a lot of us uh, you know. Saying how bad he's been but yeah you, you know robert woods chris collinsworth whenever he, uh he gets to talk about robert woods he says he's one of the best receivers in football not this year chris i think he gotta find a new lane because it's definitely not robert woods um carson wentz you mentioned i i think zach ertz has been a little disappointing as well yeah I, where's I, he been yeah i know it's pretty shocking that i think dallas goddard has actually numbers wise been the better tight end but whether ertz has just been getting double covered the whole entire time i don't know but um uh, Let's go – you know what, Bradshaw, he's not here, so I can spoil his MVP pick. And then, uh, David, you can get us started after that. So let me see who Bradshaw had. Oh, shocking one. Really shocking. He had Lamar Jackson as MVP, which – hey, if he can put up the numbers on the ground and he can get them a number two spot in the AFC – Yeah, that would be a really, really good pick. I I love Lamar. He's so fun to watch, guys. He's electric, right? But I don't know if he'll win MVP. We'll see, though. David, get me started, Mr. Producer, man. Who is your MVP? I should have just put a tape recorder
2: in the studio instead of showing up today. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers, boys. I'm sorry to to spoil your afternoon, but, you know— without having Devonte adams as well for a few games this season man he has really really impressed me if the panthers make the playoffs which i don't think they will i think cmc has a good chance
0: yeah no like obviously aaron Rodgers has been uh terrific as always but let's just look at it. his two best games were from what the last two weeks and who did he face oh the raiders whose defense sucks and the chiefs defense who sucks and the Lions, obviously, they stole a the win there. He probably, like, with the refs, oh, that drove me nuts. The Cowboys, I don't even think he had a touchdown. Right? It was Aaron Jones carrying the way and your boy Dak throwing away the game. But –
1: Yep, so be it. Aaron Rodgers, that's your pick. <laughs> Jeff, what do you got for MVP? It sounds like my argument every year against Aaron Rodgers getting MVPs. But yeah, I, I, I have to go with, it's a tough one, but based on recency, I have to kind of go with Russell Wilson. He just seems mm-hmm. to be the more consistent guy. I was going to pick Deshaun Watson, but the turnovers, I have to go with Russell Wilson. He's keeping sure. the ball safe. And he's the thing is, Russell Wilson's always been a great playmaker. I don't know why he hasn't always gotten the most recognition. It's probably probably because of the defense back back in uh back in the day but I got to give it to him like look at the plays he's making now I remember that uh I think it was the, the Thursday nighter where he was running to to his left and throws the ball basically with his his throwing arm facing the receiver before he even throws it it was an incredible play and I, I just I just look at that and I think that guy's got to be my MVP Lamar Jackson's not a bad shout though what he can do on the ground is amazing Now Russell Wilson um... sorry Russell
0: Wilson obviously uh He's been unbelievable. He he's a uh, you know without him, I don't know where Seattle would be. Uh, who's their backup right now? Is it just I I actually do not know
1: who it is. And that's another thing about Russell Wilson. When was the last time Russell Wilson ever really went out of a game? He's pretty like he's tough he's, man. He's a, he's a solid like guy. Like he he does not go out of games. Uh, my MVP, and it has never happened before.
0: I picked a wide receiver. And it was pretty shocking because Dave and I were talking before, and he said, I don't know if I could even give this guy Offensive Player of the Year. Well, guess what, David? I put him as my my MVP, Michael Thomas in New Orleans. Uh, The last time our wide receiver was even given a vote was Randy Moss in 1998. Jerry Rice finished second, and he had 22 touchdowns in that year. But here's the thing, guys. Randy Moss, uh, you know, his huge 23 touchdown year where he, you know, set records. Tom Brady was his quarterback. Calvin Johnson, uh, when he had the most yards in football in, in a season, Matt Stafford threw it an NFL record 727 times. And uh, Marvin Harrison, when he had the record for most catchers in a year, Peyton Manning was his quarterback. Uh, and they were a five seed in the playoffs and lost 41 nothing in that AFC divisional game. Michael Thomas is the best receiver in football. We've said he's 1A, 1B with DeAndre Hopkins for a while now. I think it's clear. He is unbelievable. 73 catches, leads the NFL. He's on pace for an NFL record, 146. That's four more. And also, also with his 73 catches, that's four more than what Marvin Harrison had through eight weeks. 873 yards, that leads the NFL as well. He's on pace for 1,700 plus, which is crazy. He only has the four touchdowns, but maybe that's because he's had Teddy Bridgewater. All right, Teddy's been pretty good as well, but... Guys, their run game, you think of you know Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara, they are the 15th best run team in football. They've been average. Without Michael Thomas, I don't know where they would be. An 82% catch rate, which means he barely drops the ball, right? He's been unbelievable. 13 catches for first downs on third down. So without him moving the ball and picking up those firsts, where's New Orleans? They're 7-1. They have Drew Brees coming back. He's going to put up even better numbers with Drew. I think if there's one guy who's catching the ball... Who has a chance, it's got to be Michael Thomas. I'm you know, they're shocked that I like, I even was amazed that no one's received a vote since Randy Moss in '98. You think of the, you know what Larry Fitzgerald did that one year in 2011 or sorry, 2008, and you think of what Antonio Brown has done over the past couple of years. That's why Michael Thomas is my MVP, uh, guys we'll hold off on the Super Bowl predictions for now because we've got obviously a boatload of time, but obviously we're running a little bit out of time, but uh, let's go studs, studs and sleepers super quick. I'll start you off with a stud, Tevin Coleman, huge week last week, he's going up, uh, up against Arizona and obviously uh, the rest of uh, San Francisco's running backs, Matt Breida and uh, Mostert, they're injured, so he'll be getting all the carries. Who do you got for a stud, Jeff?
1: I'm going to take your boy, Dalvin Cook. Nice. Just because I just think that dude is just, he's unbelievable. I got to give him credit too. I mean, as, as, even though he's, he's a Viking, I just, I think he's one of those guys that you can bank on getting a few yards after the carry. He, and he's and he's the guy who's going to take the load. And especially because of how well De- Stephon Diggs is doing, that just plays in what the Vikings want to do, play action, right? So now he, I think he's going to start to carry the load a little bit more now.
0: Especially against Kansas City, they are not good on defense. What do you got for stud?
1: Well, because Bradshaw's not
2: here, it's only right that I picked Tevin Coleman's. Uh, teammate which was your choice I'm taking George Kittle against Arizona he's going to light it up
0: Arizona I believe is the worst at covering the tight end in football so yeah he should have a good day Uh, Crosby give me a dud though ooh it's
2: Terry McLaurin that's not going to go well for your offensive rookie of the year (sighs) pick but he is all alone and he's going to be in cold Buffalo this week it's not going to be pretty
0: yeah that will be uh, very very ugly Jeff do you have a, uh, a choice that would be pretty ugly
1: if they were to start this guy Um, I am going to have to go with uh, Carson Wentz, actually, Mm. because I think... I'm hoping, actually. I'm hoping this is the, the week that the Bears' defense shows up. And like you guys said, he hasn't been phenomenal so far. So I think the Bears can get him on the ground. You know, Matt Nagy, as usual, seemingly, is going to be super pissed off about those last couple games. And yeah. hopefully they can get the quarterback on the ground in this one.
0: Yeah, I have a bone to pick with Matt Nagy. We'll get to that hopefully next week because he drives me nuts. He seems like an absolute idiot when he's doing interviews. Sorry to be harsh. Uh, I've got a dud. It's a tight end. Uh, As well, it's actually my boy, Mark Andrews. Love this guy coming into the year. He's facing the Patriots. It's going to be ugly. Uh, I think Ravens are going to focus on running the ball a lot and not really get the ball in his hands. Uh, I'll start us off with a sleeper. Chris Conley, owned in 4% of leagues on Yahoo. We saw what he did to the New York Jets. He had 103 yards. He had 83 yards two weeks ago. He's balling right now, and uh, he's got a pretty good matchup against Houston, who's not really good in the secondary. Uh, Chris Conley would be a pretty good start. What do you got for a sleeper,
1: Jeff? A sleeper? I have another Chicago Bear who I'm hoping to God can just produce <laughs> against this team. I'm hoping for Taylor Gabriel, because nice. he, he has had a couple of games where you're, you're like, wow, this guy is incredible, but then he, he just he's as quiet as can be so i think yeah taylor gabriel is a good shot for sleeper
0: hey, that's tough you're relying on your uh, quarterback to do a little bit there too yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah and the thing is is that even their coach isn't relying on him don't get into better but we'll see
0: yeah we'll get about uh, all the uh, bear slander eventually don't worry i feel bad for you a little bit uh sleeper what do you got david
1: Jeff, I
2: wonder if your pick can throw the ball in there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson, Pittsburgh. He is their clear number two receiver night right now. He really impressed me. Despite it being against the Miami Dolphins, I thought that he really came through in that last game. 84 yards, one touchdown. He is only 22% owned. And he is a TD in three of the last four games where Mason Rudolph plays. So a couple uh, good wide receiver options for everyone out there this week.
0: He had a touchdown on Monday night and it shouldn't have been a touchdown because what coverage was that by miami that was awful that was really 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 bad That was
2: the worst play call of the uh, year what what, what uh, are you even I thinking there like you leave two guys past 10 yards uh anyways whatever we don't have time miami's terrible
0: yeah uh well anyways guys thanks for tuning in those are our midseason award picks we'll post it up on you know twitter instagram facebook whatever it is tune in next week hopefully bradshaw's back thanks listen to pick six